Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Um, I think that's one of the things that came out in his confession. He was very much messing with how he empathized with creatures. He would go on these nightly drives, and they all thought that he was just like going for a stroll on the town and clearing his head and that kind of thing. And then he goes into the into the confession and tells the police that he's been going out at night and taking pot shots at cows and businesses and things like that. Hey guys, welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter and next to Billy Jensen. Do I usually do it in that order? Yep. Yep. Oh, it felt weird. It's exactly what you do every time. Okay, so I'm going clockwise. I'm going clockwise. Yep. Um, Before we start off today... We are going to be at CrimeCon. I don't know if we've actually announced it yet. So here Mm -mm. is your announcement. And if you guys want 10% off your passes, use our code DEGREE2020. And we're also doing a live show. Okay. I didn't know if we could say it or not yet. I think we can. Yeah. I don't know if you signed your contracts yet. Yep. Okay. We, we signed up. <laughs> They're now signed. We, now we just well, have to pick the case. I actually, I forged Jack's signature. Ah. <laughs> no, I actually signed it myself. <laughs> oh, but in the past I've signed Jack's signature. That is I'm true. like, I need to get this thing in and <laughs> I know true. her signature. <laughs> well, I guess we're tr- still trying to figure out what case we're doing. So if anybody from Florida has a good case, has a great mm-hmm. case or knows somebody who knows I mean, somebody that could be a mm-hmm. great first degree connection, we're still trying to uh pick a case pick a case that's yeah. uh geographically I mean, relevant yes we we have we have one that is a possibility that's a really good case but we're we're on the lookout for some other ones yeah yeah all right well what day is it billy it's national carnival day i knew you were gonna pick that of one of course i'm gonna pick that carnival games i just uh <laughs> we had a first degree uh meeting if you remember last okay. week, uh-huh. I left that meeting and went straight to Universal Studios, bought a ticket, walked in, and then won uh, some carnival games there in yeah. the Simpsons land. Well, that's enough of that. So let's turn down the lights and turn up your anxiety. Because this could be you. In our modern world, we watch YouTube videos almost every day. 
reviewing the perfect strangers, give makeup advice, unbox clothes, comments on movies, you name it, YouTube's got it. YouTube changed the game, allowing anyone with a computer the ability to become a star. And we know very little about these YouTube personalities. Most of them are just ordinary people, but some of them have a dark side, just like a percentage of every type of person there is. Do you think you could tell when you were watching a random YouTube video? Do you think you could spot a killer if you saw one? Today's case takes us back to March of 2014. The Grand Budapest Hotel and 300 Rise of an Empire were in theaters and Maroon 5's Love Somebody and Lord's Royals were on the radio. And the setting of today's story is, well, it's actually two settings. The first is Waller, Texas, and the second is the internet, YouTube to be exact. Correct. And this story revolves around the Sessler family. Lawton and Rhonda Sessler had been married for 34 years. Lawton was a respected teacher and he worked at the nearby elementary school and neighbors described this couple basically as being very private, but a couple that loved to decorate for Christmas and for Halloween. And Rhonda was described as one of those quintessential moms. Love to be there, drive to soccer practice, show up with lemonade, show up with cookies, all of that sort of thing. And Rhonda worked for the local newspaper and her colleagues described her as being this phenomenal writer and having this big, memorable laugh. So Rhonda and Lawton had two children, two boys, Mark and Trey. And most of the people who knew this family described Mark and Trey as just being like these perfect sons with this perfect upbringing. Very all-American, very normal, very ordinary. And to get a better idea of Trey, the youngest of the two boys, here's what he had to say of himself on his Facebook profile. He says, welcome to the house of fun. I'm Trey. No nicknames or anything. I really like to take it easy and have a nice time. I'm really interested in my education as a college student, and I'm really excited about graduating in a few years. I plant things sometimes in the spring, like peppers and strawberries. My car is currently the most exciting part of my days. Pleased to meet you, though. Take it easy. Trey Sessler was obsessed with anime. And he made an amateur career out of doing online video reviews, which he had been doing for more than five years. And he called himself Mr. Anime, great name, which became his internet persona because a great deal of the videos focused on reviewing anime cartoons. And you can see the videos, which he called Mr. Anime Reviews on YouTube, shot for his LensCap Productions. And it's the same kind of videos of, if you guys have ever heard of that I think he's like a seven-year-old kid that unpackages and reviews toys toys, who makes $20 million a year and makes everybody (laughs) feel like shit about their lives. He does the same thing, but he's kind of watching an anime TV show or whatever and then talking about it, reviewing it. Exactly. He's kind of positioned himself as an expert. And people do it with gadgets. People do it with um, tech. People do it with like, hey. I mean, with anything that you can think of, there's going to be somebody that's reviewing it on YouTube. And he happens to be Mr. Anime. Exactly. Hello, everyone. I'm Mr. Anime, and boy, do I have a show for you. Hello, Mr. Anime. Hey, what's up? I have wonderful news. Really? You've reached 2,000 subscribers. 2,000 subscribers? Yeah, I bet he's here to get our money. But he ain't getting it. Yeah! Trey was very dedicated to this YouTube channel. And these videos were a family affair, and Trey's brother Mark and his mother Rhonda often made cameos in the videos. 
But Trey's videos had a little something extra than just someone talking about Full Metal Alchemist or uh, Attack on Titan. He often held guns in his hands and pointed them at the camera as he made his reviews. Real guns. And there are about 323 videos, and they have all been viewed more than a million times. So what do they tell us about Trey Sessler? Yes, because I think what we're going to realize throughout this episode is that Trey Sessler is a complex character. It's those who knew him, and I mean, he has a persona online as well. So to paint an even better picture of Trey, here's one of his friends from high school, and his name is Wes. Me and Trey met in high school. Uh, he was a year younger than me. We were both in bands, so we spent a pretty good amount of time together. As far as Trey as a person, I, he was always kind of goofy uh, in a silly way. Um, I always thought he was a little weird. Of course, at the time, most of us were pretty weird, so not anything special. But uh, he was definitely one of the one of the stranger people I knew. He had kind of a, I guess, a flat stare. I guess is the best way to put it. Like it always felt like he was kind of just looking through you. I know, you know, we were both into anime and uh, role playing games and and all the the real good nerd hobbies. Uh, I wouldn't say he was popular. He wasn't really a loner. Like he wasn't by himself. He had a, a good little circle of friends. Uh, but he definitely wasn't, you know, like the crowd pleaser or anywhere near the top of the, you know, food chain. We would get together to play Dungeons and Dragons and Trey would come over because he was, you know, also part of that group. And uh, we'd play together that way. Now, Dungeons and Dragons, if you're playing with the dice around a table, it's a very communal game. And you see a lot of talk about gamers that are sitting behind screens and psychiatrists and psychologists feel that they're being alienated from some point of human experience that they feel is essential Wait, because why? they're doing that. Oh, because they're sitting behind screens and they're not interacting with people. So it's just like, so, so for someone like me, who's never done a video game, mm -hmm. is Dungeons and Dragons a video game? It's a card game, no, isn't it's, it? No, it's not a card game. It's a game where you're sitting around, you have a dungeon master, you have characters and somebody is saying, um, okay, you're just walked into a cave. You're encountering a troll. What do you do? But what's you want to roll your dice oh. and then, you so write it's down not so a video game, but not a card game. So it's played no. in your head. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's a. It's an. It's a. You're speaking. There's a lot of rules. Yes, and it's it's, it's theatrical. It's it's pretty. Yeah, actually, and um, it's not like a video game where it's yeah. With video games, you can you can be a little bit communal and get together with people, but a lot of it is now spent with one person in their you're room behind a screen. You know, behind yeah. a screen. At least Dungeons, person, yeah, you know? Dungeons and Dragons is communal. At least you're yeah. you well, have face to face. Yeah. communication with each other. And and I actually played it once in high school and I, I had an amazing time. I don't know why I played it just once. My mom put out Doritos. I remember that for some reason. We <laughs> did it in my living room and then uh, I never played it again. And I would like to play it again. And my son actually plays and he's a dungeon master. And I was like, can what does I, a dungeon master mean? He's the guy that's he's like, the he's the, he's the oh. game master. He's like the head of the group. And he tells people like, okay, you rolled this, you're going like to die, you did this. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, can I join your crew? And he said, no. Yeah. Cause you're like you're the embarrassing the cool dad. dad. I'd be the embarrassing dad, but I, yeah. I'm kind of a cool dad though. No, no, but the coolest dad is still not a cool dad. You're still <laughs> the dad. You're still a dad. All right. So let's get back to the story. So while Trey was into battle axes and long swords and crossbows of the D&D &D fantasy, 
He was also very much into weapons in the real world, mainly guns. Oh, how you doing everyone? It's Mr. Anime. Or you can call me Trey. You can call me the guy that does the video game reviews. Or you can call me the guy that does all the gun stuff now. Uh, what I have here today to show you is a high point. Now, for those of you that are familiar with high point, you might have a very low opinion of them or you might have a high opinion of them. I think they're uh, pretty decent, especially for the price. I have here a very classic 995. It shoots 9mm rounds. 10 round magazine comes standard with it. And you can also buy an optional 15 round magazine. But you know, I like really big clips, so I wish it came with like a 50. Okay, so there's this old couch always under this bridge. Uh, basically, what I'm gonna do is blow up the couch to the best of my nine millimeters abilities. So let's see what we can do. So the question here is outwardly, what do these videos of Trey and his fascination with guns tell us about Trey? It's Texas. Everyone's got guns. Uh, most of us have more than one. <laughs> like him having guns really isn't a huge red flag. Um, even among my more like left-leaning friends, uh, pretty much everybody I know has at least one gun, even if it's just to like take it to the range and play with it every once in a while. It's my understanding that he had acquired quite a few of them. Um, whereas in high school, uh, I, I want to say that the only one he really had was like a rifle his dad had given him or something to that effect. So maybe the fact that Trey was using guns in his videos wasn't that glaring of a red flag to people. But Trey's channel had hundreds of videos, and it started with simply just reviews about anime. As time went on, he seemed to slant more and more towards just being fixated on violence and incorporating violence into these videos and less and less about anime. So this presents a question. What does this reveal, if anything, about a potential shift within Trey while this is happening? Then in early March 2012, Trey made a couple of strange phone calls to the police. And on the first one, he told them that he had just felt a bullet whiz past his head, which is weird. And a week later, he called up and he asked an officer, a guy named Michael Mathis, who actually went to school with his brother Mark, if it was legal for a civilian to own a bulletproof vest. Again, weird. Billy's right. It's weird. But not a huge cause for alarm. Relatively innocuous. But that wouldn't be the case the next time the police were called to the Sessler home. A week later, that same officer, Michael Mathis, got a 911 call and walked into the Sessler's ranch-style house. 911, where's your emergency? I don't know if somebody around has just started shooting for no reason. The scene was a thing of nightmares. The house looked like a war zone. There was blood everywhere. Everything was shattered, splintered, broken, and ransacked. Trey's mom, Rhonda's body, was found in the garage. His father, Lawton, was found in the master bedroom. Officer Mathis recognized his former classmate, Mark Sessler, dead in the bathroom. And more chilling, there were eerie messages scribbled and carved into the walls of this home. It was done with carvings, like I said, and black marker. And the carving said, why did I do this? And I love my mom and dad, 
and my brother. And God forgive me because I cannot forgive myself. So immediately because of these messages, the police knew who they were looking for as their main suspect. It was Trey. And it wasn't long before news of what had happened hit the media. I was at work and I get a call from a friend of mine and he's like, hey, do you remember Trey Sessler? I said, yeah, of course. I used to play D&D with him. And uh, he goes, well, you should stop whatever you're doing right now and go Google his name. And so I did. And lo and behold, there's three or four news articles. Well, at first it was just there was a murder uh, at his house and that he was the prime suspect and he'd been arrested. Um, and then pretty quickly, it you know, the news came out that it was him and that he had, you know, scribbled all the, the stuff on the walls that made it really obvious that he was the one that did it. All this news is reaching Trey's friends and people he knows, and nobody knows where he is. So the big question was no longer who, it was where. Where is Trey? And then later, why? Facebook was completely ablaze with all the news. And so I was getting constant phone call updates from friends. The rumor mill got started and everybody was talking. And so about once a day, I'd get a call from somebody going, okay, here's the scoop. And they'd you know, tell me every, all the new information. So it turns out after Trey committed this horrible crime and he ransacked and destroyed his home, he got in his car, he loaded his car up with all of his guns and ammunition, and he drove down to the nearest junior high school. And he sat there in his car. And by now we know that the police knew who they were looking for. They were able to obtain information about Trey's car and they tracked him down and they located him in this vehicle sitting in the parking lot of the school. And he was taken into custody by the Texas Rangers, federal marshals and Brazoria County SWAT officers. Once police had Trey in the interrogation room, he was shockingly candid about what he had done during his eight hour interview. So Trey's Interrogation was recorded, and apologies in advance for the poor audio quality, but we will clean it up best we can. The thing about my family is uh, I would protect them with my life, but um, at the same time, if anyone was going to hurt them, it was going to be me. We're fully aware that the audio is not the best, so I'm going to repeat what Trey just said during his interrogation. He said, the thing is it about my family is that I would protect them with my life. But if anyone was going to hurt them, it was going to be me. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop, or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first-degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. 
Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. He horrified police when he started elaborating on his multi-prong plan. Trey told them that he called his mother into the garage, saying that he needed help with one of his videos. When she walked in, he shot her four times with a shotgun. Mark heard the shots and went to investigate. After I did that, it was like, well, I'm already committed, really. Can't really go to my brother and my dad and be like, yeah, I just killed our mom. So what Trey is saying here is basically he decided on a whim to do this to his mother and... Once he did that, he had to double down. I couldn't go explain to my brother Mark or my dad what I'd just done. So here I am. I'm going to go all in. Trey actually walked past his brother to go get his pistol from his room. And then he turned around and shot Mark. And uh, my brother's lying there in this big pile of blood. It's terrible. It's just a bad sight. And I was like, okay. Uh, I guess I've got in. Then Trey went into the bedroom where his father was sleeping and shot him. Then Trey made the rounds around the house, revisiting his wounded family members and delivered what he described as quote unquote mercy shots to make sure nobody was still alive or suffering. But why? Why did he kill his entire family? 
Trey said that he killed his family because he was planning a Columbine-type shooting and didn't want them to have to face it. And his goal? It was to kill at least 70 people, and he had been planning this for years. The school Trey planned to shoot up was the local middle school. In case you missed that, in reference to its parents, Trey said, they were the first human targets I encountered. And if I was going to go out and do anything, and he's obviously referencing a school shooting or a a massacre, a, a mass killing of some kind, the family had to be the first to go. And there was more that came out across the span of Trey's eight hour confession. He had committed a number of crimes in the months leading up to this triple homicide. So it turns out he had sort of, he was exhibiting sort of classic escalation. And and nothing's classic. I mean, everybody's unique in in people's weird path to committing such horrible crimes. They're all different. But he was doing things that we know killers are to do. Um, I think that's one of the things that came out in his confession. He was very much messing with how he empathized with creatures. He would go on these nightly drives and... They all thought that he was just like going for a stroll on the town and clearing his head and that kind of thing. And then he goes into the into the confession and tells the police that he's been going out at night and taking pot shots at cows and businesses and things like that and doing it so that nobody would find out it was him. So I honestly don't think that anybody knew. There was a, a story somewhere that he had uh, come home to his kitten right after a bad day of work and the kitten was like trying to to come up to him and he was kicking it away and it wouldn't stop and so finally he just grabbed a shotgun and shot it and so you know total cold calculated whatever and then the next day he buries it in the backyard and puts a note about how he's so sorry and blah 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 so I think that he was At that point, he was trying to maybe even cure himself of his empathy. Like, you know, maybe if he thought he could do it long enough, maybe he'd get rid of that. So this confession obviously is confusing because he's very matter of fact. He seems to show genuine remorse in others. And it's kind of similar to his pattern with cruelty to animals, where he's like, one second, he's shooting cows from his car, and the next he's crying and and remorseful. And I think he's just... uh, exhibiting some very similar patterns here. So you have to remember, at this time, members of the community had known about the triple homicide. That hit the news. But slowly, information about what Trey had been planning um, also hit the news and reached the ears of people who knew him. Uh, that's terrifying. Um, I, don't, I don't think he was planning on actually going to the school, but uh, homecoming was supposed to be soon. And I... 
he he has three plans, and one of them, I believe, was to basically drive his car into the crowds at homecoming and open fire. And my little brother was going to be at the homecoming game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. Uh, kind of a shock, you know, somebody that I knew and used to hang out with as planning to do something that could have very well gotten a lot of people, including my own family members, killed. So, yeah, that's awful. People are shocked by this news, so presumably they didn't believe Trey was capable of something like this. And this is where we throw in something sort of perplexing. So listen to this. And in fact, there's even a YouTube video that he made uh, a while ago of him talking about how awful it is that all these school shootings are happening everywhere. And we found that YouTube video. Hey, everybody. And today I'm running on something um, a little bit. Right. Um, yes, I'm ranting on something a little bit anime unrelated. I'm ranting on all the shootings that have been happening. Uh, Pittsburgh, New York, Alabama, California. Um, it's like every day I get online <clears throat> and click open Yahoo or whatever I open and let the publicity fill my mind with bad thoughts about uh, the place I live. So I don't know what's going on. You know, they had an article that were like, well, the economy's gone bad. Everyone's losing their job and getting mad and shooting everybody. Yeah, I guess that makes sense since all a lot of the shooters lately have <laughs> recently lost their job. But um, I'm a firearms owner myself, but uh, it's, uh, it is it is a little bit disturbing to know that you could be a victim in something like this at these times. All the people that were victims, you think it won't happen to me, but sometimes it does. But seriously, every day I open Yahoo, I'm like, well, time to see what today, time to see what today's shooting is, and hey, there's another one. So I don't know when it's gonna stop. I think it's why, why, but uh, what can I say? So with that, just uh, making everyone aware. If no one has heard any of about it, look, you can look it up. But uh, very frequent, uh, frequently in the news. I'm sure it does happen. I live close to Houston, and uh, you know it's Houston. It's a huge city. There's shootings every day, but the mass shootings lately, uh, I don't know. But um, yes. Thank you for watching, and I will see you later. So Trey's position on mass shootings at, at a certain point really confuses the why of all of this. But one of the biggest questions is Trey was sitting out front of this junior high school. He had a car full of loaded weapons. Why didn't he go through with it? And thank goodness he didn't. But why didn't he? Well, here's the only explanation he could offer. I don't know, maybe it was just, uh, maybe it's just what happened was too real. He is known on YouTube as Mr. Anime, this self-styled film critic whose videos have been watched more than a million times. But Trey Sessler is much more than a student of Japanese-style animation. According to police in Texas, this guy studied murder before becoming a mass killer. The 22-year-old is now in jail under $5 million bond and a suicide watch. He further admitted to investigators that he studied serial killers to the point of grading their work and researching mass shootings in public areas that included, but not limited to, the Columbine shooting incident. He had thoughts of committing some act of public violence such as these. It's clear to everyone connected to this case, including the police, 
that Trey is actually quite a multifaceted character. And who he was differed solely on who you asked. The police believe him to be a textbook psychopath, a guy who loved to read about serial killers, a guy who was fascinated with violence and obsessed with gruesome movies and video games. But others who knew him described him as incredibly smart, a little quirky, but generally pretty nice. Some said that Trey was obsessed with making his movies and he sort of lived through them. And some referred to him as a dangerous guy who loved guns. But what I know, and I don't need to know Trey to know this, is that he's a confessed triple murderer of his own family members. Innocent family members that supported him in his endeavors and, and dreams and passions. But how did he become a triple murderer and why? I, I do think he was mentally ill. A, uh, they found a text message on his mom's phone where he had texted her requesting her to make an appointment with his psychologist, ASAP. Uh, and that was six days before it happened. Um, and then there was also a, uh, a sticky note in the house that they found that his mom had written him saying that they couldn't refill his prescription until October or something because they could only do it every 30 days. So, you know, he was obviously being psychologically cared for, um, for some kind of issues, but it it wasn't talked about with anyone as far as I know. I really do think that he he thought he was a good person and he tried to be a good person. I, I genuinely think that he just has like a psychotic break. Sessler pleaded guilty to capital murder and is serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole. He has also waived his rights to any appeal. In fact, he stated that he wants to be behind bars. It seems that he feels relieved by that in some fashion. This is so sad and disturbing and bizarre on so many different levels. It really is. It's said that Trey Sessler felt remorse, pleaded guilty, and wanted to be sent to prison and really was going to accept his punishment as the person who murdered his family. How did this happen? Why did this happen? We may never know. What we do know is that there's a prevalence of these kind of things happening in our country all the time. And there's a lot of arguments about what the catalyst for these types of crimes are. And I think it's a very complicated answer. All we can try to do is look out for the red flags, look out for each other, try to be as healthy as we can, try to encourage others to do the same while being hyper vigilant about your surroundings and the people around you. That's all we ask. That's all we can do. Because it's a big, scary world out there and we can't control everything. We want to thank Wes for being our first degree connection tonight. You were the best. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the first degree, at Billy Jensen, at Alexis Linkletter, at Jack Vanek. Join our Facebook group. We're talking a lot of true crime. Go get some merch and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And remember, only you can prevent serial killers and keep your friends close. But not, not that close. Sources for today's episode includes Texas Monthly, YouTube, The Houston Press, KHOU 11 News, ABC, CBS, Court Documents, and as always, our first degree connections are always our largest source. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. 
They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. All right, welcome to another episode of, of Killing, Killing Time. Time. I kind of talked over your thoughts, <laughs> so I don't even think it really went through. It's never going to get old for me. No. Well, it, it has gotten old for me probably since the second episode that we did. I know, it. But yeah, I've been saying I went, things that have I been bothering you for a long yeah. time. What? I've yeah. been saying things that have been bothering you for many years you now. You really that do. Is... You double down on annoying phrases. Yeah. And you don't stop. Inclu- including double down. I say double down all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. a culinary tour. That's what I was thinking of when I said that. Yeah. Alexis yeah. and I went to Coachella, I don't know, eight years ago. Yeah. And she wanted to go on a culinary tour because it was the first year that they actually had good food. That all wasn't, these food trucks. It wasn't like fried chicken tendies. And I was like, let's get something from every food truck. And they were all places like cultures from around the world. And I was like, let's go on a culinary tour. And she was like, fuck you. She the entire time. She, she we got drunk it. and she would not stop saying it. I, I wanted an empanada. I wanted a sushi burrito. I wanted fries. Yep. I, I wanted, wanted a that. schnitzel. I, I enjoy you know what? A, a culinary tour. You know what, though? But you don't want me to say it When, when, when say we it. go to Orlando for CrimeCon and we go to Epcot, we will go on a culinary tour of around the world. We will. I, You know what? I'm not really looking forward. I'm looking forward <laughs> to the experience. I'm not looking forward to the drinks. I, I don't like a cocktail, really, mm-hmm. at all. Especially you get, one from you, Disneyland. Do they have like you can't just get a vodka soda or something? Of course you could. Yeah, well, that's but, not the point. So the it's like if you're like, going to Mexico, the, you get a margarita. If you go to Japan, you nah. get yeah. You get sake. You get. You don't want to mix. I just want photo ops. Yeah, same. <laughs> you just don't want to do for the gram. All right. I yeah. mean, I'm not the gram you person gram here, person. but I'm like, I will do it for the gram. But I, I also don't want any of the cocktails. No, it'll give you. You'll get a headache unless it was like. In Mexico, take a shot of tequila. I can yes. do that. Shots? Shots. All about it. Yes. All right. We, we'll figure it out. And if I have anybody, a feeling they don't give you shots at Epcot. Do you know what? If anybody has, I'm sure some firsties out there have done this before. Yeah. Drinking in Epcot in the World Showcase. We want to do the Around the World. Mm-hmm. Not that. It's something different. It's at Disney. And then um, uh, we would like to hear from you as far as what you drank, if anybody had done it before. Yeah. And is it like I just, I, I envision just sugary cocktails with no alcohol in them mm-hmm. that's Ugh. that's how i feel like they will be it's like my old nightmare about the moscato yes like the worst case scenario. scenario that's how i feel it's going to be like a a barefoot Ugh. cannot uh, no. like value no. of yes no for the first time in our friendship i got a bottle of prosecco and we didn't drink it because it was barefoot it was barefoot sorry barefoot and you know what <laughs> don't never- do prosecco do your sparkling dry champagne that's fine Prosecco's not your bag. You're an American company. Just let it go. Nothing is Barefoot's bag because their wines are like $3 a bottle. No, I mean, their other stuff, their champagne, if you're doing like, it's I don't not know. Good. Anyways, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm for you. I'm here for you, Barefoot. We love like, you, We're not trying to knock you. Okay. So um, we're still answering some questions. Alexis and- is going to lead this one because she picked some questions out of the Facebook group. 
I'm going to leave this one. Okay. All right. So this is from Tony Boni. B-O-N-I. Tony Boney. Tony Boney. Ooh. <laughs> Tony Boney. Would you rather know the day and time of your death or the cause of your death? Wow. And we're assuming this means right now. What, would you rather know which one? Um, I think it would be cause. I think if you knew the day and time of your death, you would live in constant anxiety of your talk clock ticking yeah, down. Yeah, but if you knew absolutely there was no way to change it, then you would know how to uh, spend money. Yeah. You know, you would know how to budget yourself. But I think like, I don't, there's something about ignorance being bliss in this lifetime of not knowing. <laughs> question. <laughs> okay. Is Tupac dead or is Tupac alive? Oh. And the question that precedes this, and I'm going to answer first. Okay. The first question is, what was your craziest experience with drugs? And the second mm. is, is Tupac dead or is Tupac alive? Well, well let's that's, do one at a time. No, oh, they, they are the together. same answer. Okay. So did Co- you have like a- Coachella? Uh-huh. I smoked weed and I wasn't, weed wasn't legal, I don't think. And I wasn't a smoker or any of those things. But I smoked weed at Coachella the year they had the Tupac hologram. Yes. Did we go to Coachella together that year? No, I think it was Rita. Oh. I was with my best friend from home. Hey, Rita. She listens to this. So Rita and I, they all went to go see David Guetta. I was, a, uh, I think I was alone. I don't remember. But anyways, I just know that I was smoked weed mm-hmm. and the Tupac hologram came on and I was like, I fucking knew it. He's alive. Cause it was oh, did so, you think he was real? It was so realistic and we were all stoned. Oh, Everybody no. was. Everyone thought it was real. Everyone thought it was him. I'm I, not even kidding. They thought he, it's like this was his back. He's everyone. Back. I definitely did not. Think Were you it there? Was, yes. Oh, why didn't I see? You? I don't know, but I definitely <laughs> thought it was a hologram. You did, but I wasn't high. There so. you go. Well, my drug you probably experience, had better seats too. You I stand did. at Coachella, Billy. All right, she she was in the VIP section. Okay, I've been to Coachella. I had VIP before. tickets. Okay, you've been to Coachella what year? Yes. When the year probably when... the year that had good music. No, it wasn't it was like five hundred years. It was, thirty it was, five it was, years. Ago. It was. Yeah. Oh no, wait, that was Woodstock. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it was Muse and Gorillas. I was there that year too. Mm-hmm. See, Coachella lineup sucks these days. Rage though, we got rage. We're this still year. going. Yeah, mm-hmm. still see going. You <laughs> don't watch the music anyways anymore, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're going to Coachella. Um. And, anyways. What about your drug thing? Oh, my drug thing? Uh, I once took a uh, an edible. And, uh, <laughs> that never ends well. But here, here's the thing, though. So I know. So I had a cookie, right? And I took like probably an eighth of the cookie. Mm-hmm. Because you never know where the where the THC is going to be in the cookie, you know, yeah. so, and they're is not it regulated. The chips? Edibles the are, they're really, they I can lo- do anything. They're yeah. really crazy. Not for me. And then like I was, yeah, I just had a bad trip and was, was out for um, the whole night. I have a good, I just under remember my, under mine. my covers and being scared under my covers. I smoked weed. No, you weren't there. This was maybe when I was 22 years old. I smoked weed at the rainbow room. Are you sure it wasn't there? In, <laughs> yes. In LA, the Rainbow Room's right next to the Key Club. It's a very uh, it's famous, famous restaurant. Le- a lot Lemmy. of rock stars would go there. Lemmy used to hang out there at the bar. Who? Who's Lemmy? Lemmy from uh, Motorhead. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Lemmy. I actually know who that is, surprisingly. Yeah. And um, I smoked weed with Cypress Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blunt. Again, this is when I was like in my early 20s. I still can't smoke weed, but I smoked a blunt and then I had an out of body experience where I lifted up into the sky and overlooked myself from the top of the bar. 
watching Cypress Hill. Watching no, I was with Cypress Hill. I wasn't. Yeah, they're just smoking. I with somehow them. ended up hanging out with them That's and smoked so awesome. weed with them, and then had an out of body experience, and then was watching myself from like fifteen feet above. I love that story. It was not fun. So you're saying you were insane? Yes. Insane. In the membrane. In the membrane. Yes. Next question. Like we did there. Um, life. Okay. If you had to join a famous cult in order to survive, which famous cult would you pick and why? And this is Marissa Martin. Marissa Martin. Marissa Martin. Oh, I didn't say these were all. Mar- okay. These were the last three were all Marissa Martin. Marissa, you've got some good questions. Yeah, these Marissa are really cheese. good. You really she, ran the, tup- the gamut. The Tupac one was hers. The, yeah. Wow. The Tupac the drug one was experience hers. Was hers. And the drug Sorry, Marissa. Wow. Okay. What Hold cults on, would you guys join? Um, like a cult that, well, there's not many cults still around, but no, but any of the famous ones, probably Jonestown. <laughs> Jesus. In order so you would not have to, to die and you literally just pick the one that <laughs> everybody you had to dies. Pick one. Okay. Just the one where it's like, what would I have been suckered into? The inclusive, I, I know. The, I love the inclusivity aspect in the of Jonestown. <laughs> oh, you mean like the, the racially racial diver. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, I like I just mean, what would I get coaxed into? The initial message is very appealing. Oh, absolutely. Which is like, there's no color. I mean, I think that's the thing in the, that I would, if I was going to get tricked into one, it's the nice one. Um, I would have joined the Source family because... No one died. I loved... It was still... Well, no one died. I would have had a great survival right. I know. That was probably the smart one to join. I would join the Source family because uh, they all were white. They were very chic. They were very fashion forward. And uh, they were ahead of their time with a nice vegan restaurant on Sunset Boulevard I would have liked to eat at. You're so right. I know. You're so right. Billy, what what cult would you have joined? You know what? Uh, Having studied cults. New religious movements. Thank you. Um, I... You know what? Probably one of the... you You know... The Shakers, probably. What's the Shakers? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's not really that, that big of a. Cu- I mean, I mean, are we talking about early cults, late Any cults? Cult. I just don't don't know what the Shakers were. Oh, this make furniture, you know, man, just chilling out, making furniture. Is, is it part of like Quakers? The, is it like no. the Beatnik Quakers. movement? Is a Quaker the uh, no, same? No, no, it was around. No, um, I think around the same area. But no the one Shakers, knows what a Shaker is, so maybe you should tell people. Well, you know what the Shakers, uh, just a, 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 a Christian-based movement, and uh, they made really, really good furniture that Oprah collects. When was this? Oh, they still. I don't know. They're still around. When did they make the furniture? Was it like mid-century furniture? No. <laughs> No, it's he's half answering questions. <laughs> artisan? I'm confused. Yes, it's like good, like artisan. Yeah, and now they it, yes. What and then style just, is artisan to you? Shaker, shaker. rustic. Do, do a search for shaker furniture. Shaker furniture. You're just not really answering the question. I'm done second. now. <laughs> We're not going to Google shaker furniture. We're googling about shaker furniture right um, now. Time of death. We've how much time have we asked me, Jack? <laughs> so like we can end this. <laughs> how much time have we killed, Alexis? Um, we've killed twelve minutes and thirty-seven seconds of time. So should we? Call Call it. We're gonna call it time of death. <laughs> time of death. No, it doesn't work because we don't have a time. It's. What do you mean we don't have a time? Twelve minutes and fifty seconds. Perfect. It's not like. Yeah, that's what we say. Right. What should we call? It? Should we call it time of time of death? Twelve minutes and fifty-seven seconds. 
They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.